Uh, can we just uh, give a shout out to the, to my favorite line in this movie, which okay. is so British and so amazing. Okay. Where uh, the, the maid comes in and tells him that dinner will be late because it's the lamb being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward lamb. Um, that's really I don't funny. know how lamb is awkward, but I, know. I love it. such a great British line. <laughs> so British. I love it. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store, in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, geeking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey everyone. Hi. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Marion. This is episode 64 entitled, They Call Them the Haunted Shores. Because today we're going to be talking about 1944's The Uninvited. All right. Um, we're doing ghosts. We're excited black about and bla- white ghosts. black and white ghosts. Yeah, it's exciting. So the tagline for this movie, okay. from the most popular mystery romance since Rebecca. Hmm. So this is based on a novel by Dorothy McCardle. McCardle? Oh, McCardle. Okay. Um, this is a, this is one of those first movies where like it's like ghosts were taken or one of the earlier films where like ghosts started to be taken seriously, right? Because I thought I read that it was like before then it was sort of like you know monsters were taken seriously and then later used a comedic effect for like Abbott and Costello films, but like ghosts were always kind of silly stuff. Like there was no, it was right. always like wink and da, da, da. this goofy, is the goofy. first right. This is the first ghosts were like no no we're talking like changeling style like yeah. ghosts like serious ghosts real stuff haunted houses mm-hmm. which we love. Uh, this was there was also a thirty minute version they did in 1944 with Ray Milland and Ruth Hussey for the Screen Guild Theater, but it was a radio play. Oh, okay. So I'm sure you can find that version if you were interested. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you would squish this down into 30 minutes, but it could be be moving quick. Yeah. Uh, So there's a song in this movie also, Stella by By Starlight, Starlight, Mm -hmm. which was written for this movie, Mm -hmm. which later had lyrics added and Mm -hmm. was like a hit. Yeah. Nat King Cole. It's like a big song for him. And Frank Sinatra as well. Mm -hmm. So from the uninvited folks. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. Um, uh, Some alternate universe casting for you. Uh, We could have had Veronica Lake. In this as, film. As Stella? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay, I could see that. Um, so the, the, the coincidence with this uh, with these actors I find really, really interesting. Okay. So, okay, so there's the woman who plays Miss Holloway in this, mm-hmm. Cornelia Otis Skinner, mm-hmm. wrote a book. Our Sarah. Hearts. Oh, no, never mind. Huh? I have, I have a book that she also wrote that was about, um, uh, oh, my God, her name is, like, out of my brain right now. Um that actress that like played Hamlet and played all the kind Bernhardt? of the early, yes, thank you, Sarah Bernhardt. Okay. That she wrote a very famous book about sort oh, okay. of like actresses who were sort of like big deals before movies came along. Oh, interesting. Um, well, she she wrote a book called "Our Hearts Were Young and Gay," okay. which was um, kind of autobiographical, goofy look at her and her friend who went to Europe in the 1920s and like went on this big tour and all of their travails. And it was a big oh, okay. bestseller. It was a really big popular book. Uh-huh. So the that the same year that this was made, 1944, mm-hmm. so uh, Cornelius Otis Skinner and Gail Russell are in this movie together. Right. Gail Russell goes on to play Cornelia Otis Skinner in our Hearts Were Young Gay movie version directed by the same guy who directed this, Lewis Allen. That's crazy. 
That so is you're with, in a movie with somebody and then that person. I'm going to play you later. I'm going to play you. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. It'd be very weird. Yeah. And rare. I feel like that. Yeah. How often does that come along? Not very often. I'm play you one day. Um, so this movie opens with uh, Pamela and Rick, who are brothers and sis- brother and sister, who is Ruth Hussey and Ray Milland. Um, I, feel, I feel like a brother and sister is very unusual. You it is. You don't really get like brother. I, I like that dynamic. I do too. I do. Especially when you have like two very cute people who are like, no, we're brother and sister. And they that like. feels very 1940s though, honestly. Oh, they don't, have the to, era. they don't have to deal with all of that. Where are they sleeping nonsense? Yeah. Oh, no. I think that was very common. True. Mm. But it's, I think it's also just rare in like kind of the, and I'm sure people would kind of balk at how exactly you describe this as a horror movie because I feel like people always do with ghost stories. But I feel like in the horror movie world, brother and sister figuring stuff out together, very rare. So Silver bullet. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, ve- but not very often. Doesn't happen very often. Uh, they have a cute little dog, Bobby. Bobby. Who goes um, chasing a squirrel. Yeah. So they're basically like Londoners vacationing and they come across this amazing house and Bobby chases the squirrel into the house. The house is called Winwood, and, uh, and Pamela Pam- falls in love immediately. And I love that she's just like, eh, let's just go in. Why yeah. don't we take a Explore. look around? And it's empty, but it's like in pretty good condition. She's like, I want it. I think we should buy it. And Rick's like, what? She's we, like, we live in London. Yeah. Like, no, but we could live here. Like, you're a writer. You could just write here. And like, it's fine. It'll be fine. I can do my stuff here. Like, no big deal. Um, so they go to Commander Beach, who owns the house. They find out they own the house. And they get let in by his uh, granddaughter, Stella, played by Gail Russell. Who's so beautiful. Yeah. And so... Uh, delicate yes she's a fragile she a fragile is. thing um they make reference that she perhaps might be ill yes yeah she looks like she might not be 100 percent firing all cylinders mm-hmm. um and uh but she doesn't want the house to be sold when she finds that they're there she's like oh it's no he's busy so busy super busy and they're like uh, what let them in not not even for sale anymore yeah oh. like uh, it's uh, totally for sale like what do you want uh-huh. um and yeah, commander beach can't wait to unload it basically yeah he sells it to them for twelve hundred dollars which i know this is 1944 true but still but you're like <coughs> yeah. what that house is enormous. Enormous. And it's like right on the cliffs and it like overlooks this amazing view. So picturesque. Yeah. And they take a tour of the house. Like once they're just like, oh, we got it. And they open this room and it's like a room where and it's funny because they walk in and, you know, the film's in black and white. So they walk into the room and uh, she's Pamela's sort of like, oh, this room, gross. But it like half of it's like looks like a greenhouse mm-hmm. where it's sort of like the roof and that wall is all glass. And it has this incredible view of the ocean because it's like right where the cliff is. And so you should. It looks like in. the best room in the yeah, house. You and they're walk like, in and go, Ugh. wow. And yeah. you go, oh. Ugh. Like, it makes me feel cold. Exactly. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It, like, Which flattens I, me. Exactly. Which says. I was like, that's really interesting. That's a very specific. And they bring flowers in. And the flowers, like, when they put them on the side of, the, like, a table. And then, like, they quickly die. And they don't notice. And so this uh, that idea of, like, something does not feel right in this room. Which I, which I like. Which I think is an interesting premise. And always too. a good idea with ghost stories is, like, you kind of have characters because I feel like people often have that when you're sort of dealing with like a spooky house where like, mm, like it, this looks like it should be amazing, but something doesn't feel right. And it's interesting that it's just that room. Yes. It's like the rest of the house is fine. Amazing. And there's this one room. Don't go in this room. Not Cats having. and dogs. Not even going upstairs. No. Like Bobby's like, nope. Forget it. I'm just going to sit here on the bottom. Also good horror movie survival guide tip. Survival guide tip. Listen to your pets. Yeah. Listen to your pets. The pets always know. They know what's up. Bobby, in fact, is like. Peace out. Later. And just leaves. Yeah. If your if your dog is like not into your new boyfriend, he's done. Yeah. Out. Sorry, fella. Like <laughs> if, you, if your dog runs away from your new house, that's probably a it's bad. Probably sign. not a good. Or like one room in the house, like start getting boards and nails and do that. And thing I up. love that. Like they're so London, nineteen forty four. So like nonchalant. They're just like we're just gonna buy this house and live here now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, why not? Yeah. You know that life. Don't be a stick in the mud. That life where you can just be like, yeah, just buy this mansion why not? now. You know. And he's like, but kind of crazy. And she's like, yeah. 
He's but like, then he meets Stella and he's like, well, maybe. maybe not so bad. Um, so they, uh, they, uh, Rick goes into town and uh, a tobacconist tells him the story of like the of Stella's mother died by falling off the cliff near the house and sort of she has complicated feelings about the house and he meets up with Stella later and I like that the dynamic in the beginning um because Stella's supposed to be 19 I think 20. Um, or 20 and you know Rick's older and so then the beginning there's sort of like you're not quite sure what the relationship is he takes her sailing because he sort of sees that there's something kind of broken about her yeah. and she's like 20 going on 50 and she sort of like doesn't really act her age and isn't well, kind of like effervescent and, isn't, sure, well, and so he's he, trying to like shake it out of her yeah and he's trying because he He's obviously she's always been cowed by her her grandfather, grandfather. and mm-hmm. so like he, she's never acted like a twenty year old. Yeah, she's always been treated like she's sick and she's fragile. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 let's go out and have some fun because he says that there's like a Sleeping Beauty magic about her. Yeah, and I was like I see that, yeah. I see that. Yeah, but I love that like he wants to take her on this big romantic sea boat trip and then just gets completely seasick. I know, I'm like just laying there the whole time and she's like, "Can I help you?" And he's like, "No, go away. I'm, yeah. I'm sick, just dying, <laughs> just quietly dying over here." Um, I love his character. He's so goofy and like i like that he's really like 20 in his heart Mm -hmm. and i think that that's what kind of can make the dynamic sometimes between characters that have huge age difference not creepy is i feel like it's like a thing where like they're they are kind of the same like it's undiscovered in her but he's always kind of been this like goofy whatever like he grew up and got a job and whatever but like in his brain he's still like we're randomly buying houses and you know all this kind of like fun stuff um, I feel like the characters have a lot of fun with each other in this yeah. movie and both in like the brother and sister dynamic and also Rick and Stella and what he extracts out of her. And I feel like that makes this film a lot more enjoyable. And I don't think I've ever seen um, Ray Milland or Ruth Hussey in anything before. And But they had kind of like, mm-hmm. it, w- it reminded me almost of like the thin man kind of like yeah. dynamic. It was like the witty back and forth and they're real easy yeah. with each other and kind of goofy, but they look real fancy. And- yeah. She's um, she's in the Philadelphia story, one of yes, my favorite is. films. Yeah. And and it's a similar, um, it's a similar. <laughs> I was like, me too. I have it on my phone. Yeah. I love it. I, I watch it when I'm on the airplane all the time. That's yeah. One of my I love that film. And, mm-hmm. and she has, it's, it's kind of a similar character, but I think what's great about having both of these two actors, because Ruth Hussey was kind of known for sort of having this like, you know, sensitive streetwise sort of persona, but mm-hmm. yet like classy dame. But to have those two kind of characters that aren't necessarily as wide eyed and almost kind of naive as Stella if be the people that moved into the house. Right. You have this great dynamic where they're like, okay, noises, okay, stuff, okay. And it's not instantly like freaked out. It's right. not instantly. you're from London. So you're like, I've seen some shit. Okay. And I'm going to like wait it out. Sure. You're like, this is interesting. Um, so they bring in Lizzie Flynn, the housekeeper, yes. the Irish housekeeper. Um, adorable. Who's adorable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that there's kind of like, I felt like a, almost like a, there's like a poltergeist kind of nod. Uh, there is an actual poltergeist god nod, which we'll talk to you about later. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it is. We can because it was on the seaboat trip where mm-hmm. she, he says she smells nice. Mm. And he, she says, oh, it's mimosa. That's what my mother always wore. Yeah. And she had this bottle that she gave me and I always wear it because it reminds me of her. Mm-hmm. And in poltergeist, um, Joe Beth Williams says, oh, smell the mimosa when she's, when the ghosts come in the house. And it's a direct line taken from this movie by Spielberg. Oh, is that true? Yes, oh, I didn't know that. Because he loved this movie so much. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is it come, or is there like an earlier lore of it? Is like mimosas and ghosts like a thing? Or that's no. just a thing this movie came, or maybe the book came up with. Yes. And then it's been stolen and subsequently. And then he loved it. So he had a homage uh-huh. to it in Poltergeist. I like how specific it is. It is very specific. Very specific. Um, but there's also, uh, we have Ray, Ray Milan who's listening to the radio, and there's the radio sign off. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when things start to go because they say yeah. like, hey, this is our end of our day program for the day. Good night. Yeah. And that's when like the ghosts start coming out. So much like the TV sign off in Poltergeist. There you go. Exactly. I miss those sign offs. I know. Oh, sign off. Nothing ever signs off, huh? No. 24 oh. hours a day. Internet. Information. Um, information. <laughs> um, so the, sort of the beginning of like things are not quite right. Not only does Lizzie come in when she comes in, she brings in a cat. The mm-hmm. cat won't go upstairs. Mm-hmm. So obviously listen to your pets. Um, but Rick wakes up in the middle of the night and can hear sobbing. In the house. And so he gets up and he walks out the front door and he or the you know his bedroom door, walks to the landing and can definitely hear it. And Pamela meets him there. And because she's been in the house longer than he has, because she set up all the furniture and everything, she's been living there. And she's like, You hear it too, huh? Yeah. Like, yep. And she's like, What the hell is that? Like what? And she's like, Yeah, I've heard it basically every single night. And the two of them have this great conversation on the staircase where they're not just freaked out, but they're like, so this like is, ghosts like yeah. what and he's like i don't know i think we should go talk to commander beach again because this is weird i don't know but she says cry the crying comes from everywhere from nowhere and it sounds so heartbroken which is amazing that idea that if you had a noise in your house especially something as kind of distinctive as like a woman sobbing and every time you thought it was in the kitchen you go into the kitchen and now it's upstairs and yeah. you go upstairs and it's like in the bedroom and you go into the bedroom and it's in the basement like it's like that kind of subtle thing that would drive you crazy but then also you feel weird about being too freaked out about because yeah. it's not doing anything to you but it's just really rattling and unsettling yeah and i think that's really cool but it only happens like right at like four five o'clock it's very dawn. specific um i was confused by the fact that she said the dawn breeze is coming and mm-hmm. i was like is that a thing is there a dawn breeze probably yeah it's like city folk we've no idea okay because they're like on a cliff so maybe there's a thing i think it's a full okay. thing yeah all the all the people who know are like <laughs> those idiots i know are but you kidding like, dawn there's, breeze there's, like, there's, a, there's a sun sorry <laughs> dawn. there's a dawn <laughs> i wasn't aware of the dawn breeze yeah. i wasn't aware of it but apparently but then like they i love that they go through everything and like the commander's like oh well and they're coming up with all these ideas like, an like, echo from a subterranean cave is what he tells them and yeah. i'm like that is the biggest amount of bullshit yeah. that i've ever heard terrible um, but they come up with like maybe it's like a loose wire like all these stupid things you're like it's not any it's of those 100% things not those things um and he tells stella because stella overhears the whole conversation and he pointedly tells stella that she's not allowed to go into the house she can't go back into windwood never goes but stella's like i'm 20 i'm gonna do whatever i like and so she defies them and goes to the house and she's in the cold room um and that's when you first hear stella by starlight um and she totally freaks out in the room has a pretty good freak out and then does that thing where you're just like you, uh, freaks out and then runs runs out the front door and keeps running like yeah. right towards the cliff and it, if it wasn't for rick like would have just run off to her death and he's like what the hell are you doing yeah and she doesn't look like she, she looks kind of hypnotized yeah. she doesn't look like she realizes what she's doing which gail, gail russell does very well in this film yes the sort of gla- eyes glazed Something else is going on in Where my then, brain. You know, and then snaps out of it. And is like, what am Ooh. I doing out here? I know. Like, uh, what? you almost threw yourself off a cliff. Yeah. Which is great then. Because then I feel like you have a ghost story where the sort of the uh, the it, the trouble is sort of twofold. Where it's like both the house, but both how this character reacts to the house. So it's like we got to make see what the ghost situation is. This person goes crazy when she's here. So we got to watch her. Yeah. So you got to kind of like multiple fronts that you're fighting this thing on. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. And like Rick wants to be with Stella, but also maybe Stella shouldn't be here. Correct. But we got to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, Lizzie has a big scream and says, and they run back into the house and she says she saw something by the studio door and she describes it as a mist, a crawling mist. 
crawling mist. I love that phrase. That's so pretty, great. That's pretty amazing. It's amazing. Um, and of course, they give her sherry to calm her down, right. as you do. Uh, can we just uh, give a shout out to the, to my favorite line in this movie, which okay. is so British and so amazing, Okay, where uh, the, the maid comes in and tells him that dinner will be late because it's the lamb being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward lamb. Um, that's really I don't funny. know how lamb is awkward, but I, know. I love that's it. That's such a great British line. <laughs> so British. I it's love it. Um, uh, they, so they go to see... Um, well, they have a doctor come to visit Dr. her. Dr. So, Scott. Yeah, Dr. Scott, um, who's just like nonplussed this whole movie, who yeah. just can kind of deal with anything. Well, he um, says, I'm a newcomer here. I've only been here 12 years. Yeah. And they're like, like, that's England. Yeah, um, Brand spanking new. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Dr. Scott. That's Dr. what Scott, I was like. Yeah. Dr. Scott. I was, yeah. It was just not Janet, just me in my Brad, mind right yeah. now doing the Dr. whole. Scott. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but he all is helpful because he tells the story of Stella's father having an affair with a gypsy named uh, Carmel and that Mary's Mary, uh, who Stella's mother, uh, took Carmel to Paris to, to make her leave the husband, which is amazing. Like you mm-hmm. take your husband's mistress to Paris and then dump her off. I'm yeah. like, I guess that's how Here, you're in Paris now. Go be happy. Go be happy. Um, but that Carmel had returned, took Stella and they struggled at the cliff edge and Mary fell off. And that's how she died. Um, so then everyone's kind of like, oh, OK, so the woman who's sobbing is Mary then, I guess, right. and Stella's mother. Mm-hmm. And that's why Stella has all these reactions. Because uh, Stella lived in the house with her mother till right. she was three, mm-hmm. till this trip tragic to the super tragic which is epically tragic pretty tragic um and then uh they find bobby again they do find because bobby. dr scott has him he has wandered over to dr scott's that's true where they reveal that bobby the dog likes to eat hard-boiled eggs and turnip tops <laughs> which i find adorable it just gets all the more british um <laughs> um but they notice that that night they're sort of being very analytical about the ghost and they notice that um when stella was there and she's there up until the dawn breeze comes and there is no sobbing that night and they're like oh good all right good to know. all right good night stella on your way and then as she after as soon as she goes the sobbing starts again mm-hmm. so then they start putting it together like okay it has something to do with this tragedy and again it's like i like that this couple is so cool we're like it's there it's not even like oh we have to sell the house immediately they're like we just need to figure out what the ghost wants yeah. if we just have to appease the ghost everything will be okay again. Yeah. Um, I feel like we would do that. It's quite practical. Yeah, it is really practical. Like they want something. Yeah. We figure that out. And so, terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hold a seance. Yeah. When you have a girl who seems to be slightly mentally unstable and yeah. almost tried to kill herself. Yeah. But let's have a seance because we'll... we'll We'll make the we'll push the thing, we'll mm-hmm. make it move, and then she'll we'll show her what we want to show her. Yeah. And then she won't it'll be okay. Be I so know. they have this like the well, layout of this Ouija board. This, they don't, amazing. Yeah. So apparently they don't so interesting. They, it's great. It's like a makeshift Ouija board. The like, before don't, they must have sold the board. Right. So, so like, like we don't really have one, so we'll make one. So they just have like they're like large scrabble tiles that yeah. they set out in a circle that has all of the letters. Right. And then a wine glass in the middle, and then yeah. everybody puts your hands on and the wine glass. And then they have glass. the yes and the no, mm-hmm. and then that's sort of like anchored together. Like it anchors sort of the two arcs of the letters and like it's just yeah all hold hands and then all the wine like it just it was so cool it's great i wonder what the earliest like ouija board scene in a film is that's a good question i feel like that's the thing we should know we should know that look up for sure yeah Yeah. but i feel like this has got to be up there right like i'm sure in silent movie there's like ouija boards but like this was i feel like again one of the earliest Mm -hmm. um and i like that you know just growing up they just knew how like i feel like everyone knew about ouija boards because it was like a game made by parker brothers but i feel like if you didn't i knew about them because of satan but go on oh cool um (laughs) but i feel like yeah the fact that they (laughs) they know specifically how to what the layout of 
one is supposed to look like, I thought was very cool. So I enjoyed that. Um, so yes, they decide to, to do it and they're asking and they, and the, I like that their plan is they'll lay out the Ouija board, but basically they'll make it say what right. they want to say to appease Stella to make Stella feel okay. And then maybe all this ghost business will go away. So the plan is to like cheat basically. Right. Like, but of course, Stella, I mean, he's like, you're pushing it. Stop Take your cheating. hands off. That's so really she funny. makes the guys take their hands off. So mm-hmm. it's just her and Pamela doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts doing the like, the ghost it, overtakes it. Yeah. Too fast and right. Spilling out all crazy. And, and then glass shattering. And so they got to get the impression from it that like, that the ghost is guarding Stella from danger and they think that danger is Carmel. So they're like, oh, okay, like your mom is protecting you from Carmel. Like that's the whole thing. Um, but then after this whole Ouija board thing, Stella falls into a trance immediately. Um, what is Terry's handing me something right now? The Ouija board. Oh, it was a short done in 1920. This short film composed of animation and live action tells the story of Max, an animation artist who gets annoyed by his colleagues for playing with the Ouija board. So All 1920. Right. Thanks, well Terry done. Gamble. There is Terry? actually a website called Ouija Board Movies, and oh, that's really? what that's from. That's and literally, the golden like, earrings on there. Should, every movie it should be. It should be. Um, um, I love that the Lizzie, the Irish maid, calls the Ouija board. Uh, it says, "Tis a heathen device to call the devils out of hell." It's awesome. Heathen, heathen, the heathen device. Um, well, Stella also from after the whole Ouija board thing starts speaking Spanish all of a sudden, and so they're like, Ooh, but she does not know how to speak. We're like, that's not good. Um, and Commander Beach shows up and was like, What the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. And that's the first time we see the ghost effect materialize. We're like, when they're in the room, like trying to like deal with her, like, and this effect is awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but it is like it's a kind of um. It definitely kind of looks like a, it must be animated or a something. crawling mist. Yeah, but it's got a crawling mist, vaguely in the shape of a woman. You have the, like, the glowing eyes. And they and I just feel, I'm always sort of putting myself in the, uh, from the perspective of the audience watching this, in, watching this in 1944. I feel like if you were the audience in 1944 seeing that ghost effect, you'd be like, what? This is awesome. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, this is like watching the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park for the first time. <laughs> You're like, how is this happening right now? I always try to watch the movie from the point of view of that year. Like, I feel like that's really rare for people to do. I feel I like people are important s- to do. I think it's crucial, but I feel like often when I've tried to share movies with people, especially older movies, people are so ensconced in what they believe is sort of like, you know, kind of realistic acting now or like the way that they perceive relationships now and sort of having this kind of worldview that they then thrust on every movie from every era and then judging things as like not realistic or not believable or people wouldn't X, Y, and Z. Right. And you're like, it's 1944, man. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? It's you know, different, different world. Come on. Um, so I think this effect is amazing. But yeah. yes, Commander Beach shows up and is like, what the hell are you guys doing? Give me my granddaughter back. And, and uh, promptly carts her off. Yep. To uh, Miss Holloway's Meredy Meredith retreat. Yeah, which yeah, is, you know, uh, it's going to be good. Which is a nice word for a sanatorium, basically. Yes. Um, which is an incredible sanatorium. Yeah. Like, it's an amazing house. But Miss Holloway was a friend of Mary, Stella's mother. A nurse? Was her nurse? Like, nurse, friend, admirer. That This is where it gets a little iffy. Obsessive. Apparently, there was a lot of to do when this movie came out because they thought there was heavy with there is there is lesbian undertones for miss holloway definitely and miss holloway is totally in love with mary yeah or and, was rather sure mm-hmm. 
um, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Um, they, no. they were not okay with that. In oh, really? That's really interesting. Yeah, no, I feel like they definitely, I mean, they try and turn it, I think a little bit into like their admire, it's an admiration kind of thing. But, and again, maybe this is just my own, you know, ironically defined my own, what I just, you know, begged people to do where I take sort of my modern perspective and throw it on it. But I feel like the way that she talks about her is very like the admiration is such, she has that huge picture of her uh-huh. in her office. Yeah. And I'm like, it's normal. Look, I love you, Julia. But like, I feel like if you show up in my house and there's like a tremendous oil painting of you, like I'd be stoked. I know, but I'm just like, so when are we getting married? Like, you know, <laughs> and you can't be shocked, you know. I was like, don't come over. I know. Uh, well, the oil can't... painting's not ready yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it has to be like six feet tall. Yeah. Like, so huge. So Miss Holloway is is kind of amazing. She is amazing. But yeah. uh, Pamela and Rick find out. Like, yeah. And they're like, well, we better go see what we can see. And so yeah. they go and Dr. Scott goes with them. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. To make an appointment. Yeah. To kind of see what's going on. And they don't realize too originally that Stella's actually been there. So they're just kind of trying to figure out like kind of what the whole deal is and like what's the deal with the sanatorium. And she says, she, you know, pushes the idea of the story a little further where she says Carmel struck Mary and sent her over the cliff and then Carmel not got pneumonia and that she also had to nurse Carmel even though she knew she killed her best friend. And, and she was, so was cruel and, and crafty and a, a gypsy yeah. Spanish there's something very Mrs. Danvers, mm-hmm. speaking of Rebecca, mm-hmm. about Miss Holloway to yeah. me, where she feels, because the way that she keeps talking about Mary, where she's like, you, you, you'll you never understand, you'll never know if you weren't there to really appreciate and all that so, kind of stuff. So we, we, we understand that Miss Holloway's got something going on. 100%. Something's not telling 100% of the truth. Right. But she's like, she doesn't she doesn't have a very big part but i feel like yeah. the part she does have you're like geez no and it's really different it's a really it's a it, she feels like she's in a creepy movie where i feel like pamela and rick are more like normal people that just kind of showed up and they're like geez lady like Lighten what is up. your deal so the doctor tells them that according to old medical records his predecessor had thought that miss holloway was criminally negligent mm-hmm. in her care of carmel and they take this book of medical records home and that's when more stuff starts happening. Like the medical records start flipping on their own when Pamela and Rick aren't there, just like the pages are just flipping, which again, for an effect in 1944, yeah. I didn't see any wires. I was pretty impressed yeah, with it. Yeah, good. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and then that's when the doctor says that Stella's at Miss Holloway, Miss Holloway's and they go off to rescue her. Um, and But at the same time, Miss Holloway is like, oh, Stella, you can return to Woodwood, which is all that Stella wants. She's like, I can? She's like, yes, go take this train. No problem. By yourself. By yourself. Head towards the cliff. Something good awaits you there. Uh And so when Pamela and Rick show up, she's like, oh, she's gone. Like she left. And they're like, what? And she went back to Woodwood. And they're like, oh my God. And so like the big chase begins to see like who can get back there first. And of course, Stella like immediately goes up into the room where she fainted. (laughs) Yeah. Where it made her super cold and then she fainted. I'm like, horror movies, five a guide tip. If a room... If a room makes you faint, don't go in that room. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> last seems, time. Yeah. Seems pretty basic. Yeah. But I guess she's always have the of, memories. Some <laughs> yeah. sort of spell. Yeah. Of some sort. And immediately starts running out again back towards the cliff and this awesome effect. This which, stunt. Uh, stunt was I, wow. I really enjoy. Where the cr- cliff just crumbles underneath her. And right. She just, and he grabs her. just, the, And it's like an all-in-one, far-away kind of just shot. Just at the last second, grabs her hand and saves really her. Really satisfying. Yeah, very really, satisfying. Really satisfying. Um, so Rick saves her. Um, and then the pages of the book have blown open uh, to the one where basically they realize that 
Stella is not Mary's child. Stella is Carmel's child. Mm -hmm. And so that Mary was the one when Carmel came back with her, was super jealous. And that's what the fight was all about. So really, it's Carmel who is the ghost who is trying to protect Stella from Mary. And Um, has been crying because the baby doesn't know the truth. Exactly. Um, And so they kind of, Rick sort of has this like kind of face off against Mary's ghost and says, laughs in her face. Basically. And it's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, which is, you know, super like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, all these movies that we talked about where you have to take away its power. All you got to do is laugh at its face, throw a candelabra at it and be Point. like, you suck. Yeah. And then the ghost is done. Out. Yeah. Totally done. Um, And then the cat goes upstairs. So then you know everything's fine yeah. because the animals will go upstairs. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the only sort of doc I will say against this movie is I do like the idea of like take away its power. It can't, you know, has no, no control over you. Um, It happens very quickly in this movie. I feel like, again, that's also like a stylistic thing between movies in the 1940s compared to now. The endings in films of this era are so fast and always are just like and wrap up go especially if they're kind of like a b-movie serial mm-hmm. kind of film that you can tell was made sort of very quickly and whatever um but i feel like the ending of this movie ends wicked fast yeah. um, and then they just like laugh it away and he's just like yeah it's a narrow escape she could have been my mother-in-law uh, 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 yeah they like neatly pair off and yeah. now pamela's with dr scott and yeah, exactly. stella and rick are together and yeah everyone wins everyone wins um except for the commander who's like commander beach yeah yeah but he was a real big liar yeah he was um so you know um so we don't hold no water for liars around here <laughs> Sorry. I, dro- I dropped my paper on the floor so you get to read all these today oh okay <laughs> every single one yes. so we'll start with gore factor uh one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two a puddle of blood three enough blood to gross out the average viewer four a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag um zero big fat zero yeah not not in a negative way but mm-hmm. like we're doing ghost story folks so especially in the 1940s it's not much blood to no. speak of there's um, cool ghost effects very cool ghost there's effects some, some some cliff stunts yeah um and no we got like this and miss holloway is like pretty scary but that's that's about it um movie rating is zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate two barely qualifies as a horror film three seen worse seen better four is not too shabby and five is fantastagorical um, I gave this a four. I also gave it a four. Okay. Um, I and I know I'm totally biased and just predisposed to like this kind of thing because there's it, so many elements that's like right up my alley. Sure, but it's so enjoyable. You have all of the characters who are super fun and believable. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I yeah. don't. I didn't guess the twist. No, I didn't guess the twist either. Um, I mean, you always know, always know that there's some sort of deal, but I think the lead characters are really great. I like. I think Gail Russell does a great job as sort of this different character, Stella, who's like super obsessed and. Miss Holloway is just a trip, um, mm-hmm. just a nightmare. Um, this movie's really fun. It's like a perfect timing. It doesn't feel too long or too short. It like, knows what it is, mm-hmm. and I think it does a really good job of it. Um, I, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, so uh, we are on all the things, the Instagram, the Twitter. We are, we're, we are, letter R, into survival. Um, so if you guys have seen this movie, haven't seen this movie, tell us what you think of the effects or the story mm-hmm. or what your favorite ghost story is, um, ghost movie, I guess, um, uh, we'd like to hear it. So yes. give us a shout out. Um, and then next week, uh, we're going back into some <laughs> well-worn territory. Some Yet Stephen again. King territory, perhaps. He keeps coming up again Yay. and again. Just stop being so- King. All hail the king, motherfuckers. Uh, Stop being so prolific, Stephen King. It's just, it's really, I'm feeling real bad about myself. Don't ever stop, Stephen King. Um, Please don't ever stop. We are going to be discussing uh, not only Stephen King, but some John Carpenter, because we're going to be talking about 1983's Christine. Yeah. Killikaz. 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 Coming to get you. So we'll see you next week, guys. See you next week.